Welcome in to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. With your defending champion, Stirk Daddy, runner up, Cascade Bear, third place, Amelia Clark Fan, D. Sladkey, Bucks and Six, Justin STP6, Lefty79, Andy Pollock, Little Slads, Prince Palmer17, Spaceballs the FFT, and WGL1035. Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty podcast. We are entering into week five. This is a live episode while the Rams and Seahawks are playing the Thursday night game. We're now four weeks in. From the perspective of the Gulag, we have 24 teams left. And then looking at our For the Throne, we only have about 10 weeks left of the regular season. How are you feeling about your... For the throne team, Justin. I feel kind of middle of the road right now. Uh, had to make some depth trades. Uh, had to get rid of some draft assets for, which I wasn't thrilled about. But with so many teams in like the same kind of spot record-wise, you don't really know how to feel. Yep, I'm the only winless team left, 0-4. Trust in the process. Oh, it gets worse. You're still the only team that does not have a cookie. We're also joined today on the side by Ryan, the Prince Palmer, who is here in the peanut gallery. Ryan, how are you feeling about your team? Hey guys, uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I think we're So let's start today by talking about the Gulag. <clears throat> First, introduce, by the way, our video for the Moondor got taken away because of copyright. But I found my way around and I found a new video. So here you go. Here's Robin Aaron. Well, I'm the Lord of the Veil. When I grow up, I'll be able to fight anybody who bothers me. Or you. When we get married, you can tell me if you don't like somebody. And then we can bring them back here and whoosh! Right through the moon door. On the moon door, we go for Zach Malberg and Steve Schuler. Both are out in week four of the Gulag. Zach Malberg was a top five Gulag player uh, for the league's existence. So we're going on season, what is this, season four, Justin? Sounds right, yeah. But, yep, he was a top five player in Week Survived. Uh, I don't know how that happens because he, like, never checks his lineup. And he always has, like, random free agents on his team. So, I know. I remember getting so mad at Softball last year when he kept surviving with the players that he didn't even check. And we kept, like, saying, like, how the fuck is this guy on your team? How are you still alive <laughs> this year? 
it got worse, as you're about to say. So, yeah, I mean, he had two players that his team drafted because he auto-picked. Uh, and both of the guys were literal free agents. This guy named Devon Johnson was cut in the NFL three seasons ago. I know Billy was like making jokes about him and this other guy named Dax Raymond being hot commodities on the waiver wire this week. Did you put any bids in for them, Justin? No, I was too busy bidding for a guy that's not playing tonight. <clears throat> yeah, that's a yikes. So if we take a look at some of the Gulag pickups of this week, the big ones, this was a weird one, but Andy dropped $888 on Cooper Cup. <laughs> that's uh, That's a lot of money. She does that like is, <laughs> especially when it was like $250 more than the next per closest person. Although I can't say much either because I did the same thing with Chris Carson, uh, who I was very excited to add to my team because my running back two spot sucks only oh to find God. out that he's not going to play tonight, which is great. <laughs> yeah. So you dropped $625 on Carson. That's a good, a good chunk of change. <clears throat> Next one, we had Justin St. Peter Jr., a.k.a. Trevor, the guy that's favorite hobby is to sit, dropped $515 on DeAndre Hopkins. $515. He also dropped $310. What's that? DeAndre Hopkins is his favorite player, so that makes sense. <laughs> then he dropped $310 on Brandon Cooks. So that's $825 he spent on two receivers. I did not look at his team before that. Did it look like his wide receivers were weak? Yeah, they weren't great. Um, he uh, The last few uh, weekends, he's texted me. He's like, I don't know how my team is going to make it through this because my team is garbage. <laughs> so, I mean, he got receivers now, so we'll see how different this is. I was going to go back and look at who they were. Cause I, I don't remember. I remember him telling me about them. While you look, I'll go to the next one. So we had major used Eric picked up Tom Brady for $206. I only put in a bid for like $60 or something like that on Tom Brady. I was temp temporarily going to drop Taylor Heineke, but I'm going to ride it out with him this week. Quintez Cephas went to Will for $193. Uh, there was not many bids on that player. And then Billy put in a $151 bid on Cortland Sutton. $100 bids by Drew Masta on Tyler Higby, who just got hurt. And then $100 on Samaje Pirine for Sturk Daddy, who was really hoping that Joe Mixon does not play this week. And the last one of note I wanted to make mention of was Drew Masta picked up Baker Mayfield for $20 a fab and cut him right away. <laughs> so that was a waste of $20. That was a great move right there. Um, so Trevor's receivers that he started last week were yikes. Um, I had it open, and then, of course, it freaking shut. Uh, he started Michael Pittman, which wasn't bad. Uh, but then he... Of course, it went backwards. Okay. But he had Deshaun Jackson and Michael Pittman start last week. Um, and he had Rashad Bateman and Khalif Raymond on his bench. So he went all in. He currently has Chubba Hubbard, 
which he's going to have to hope that Christian McCaffrey doesn't get hurt for a while because he has him and David Montgomery as his only good running backs. So we'll see how this strategy works out for him. I don't know if you heard this, but McCaffrey is questionable for Sunday already, so he might be back. I did not. Wow. Okay. Let's see what happens with that. If we move on over to our league and we talk about some moves that happened this previous week, let's start with the trades. To begin with, we had a trade between Will and Little Slads. Uh, Little Slads walks away with Tom Brady, the GOAT, and James Washington. And then Will walks away with J.D. McKissick and a third-round pick. Was there a side that you liked better than the other, or did you think it was fine? I like Little Slads a lot more in this deal. Yes, Tom Brady is 47 and a half um, going on 90, but he's still a really good player. Um, top five fantasy QB. Yep. So I definitely thought that Will could have gotten a little bit more for that. So that's why I think I like Little Slads in this deal. Yeah, I also, I also thought that, you know, I'm a big Tom Brady guy this season. Uh, shout out Tom Brady. But uh, he is, like you said, a top five fantasy quarterback right now. And I know that Will has four really good quarterbacks in, I guess, if you count Justin Fields long term. But then you got Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, and Tom Brady. Um, it was fine for him to make a trade and move away from him. But I, I thought for sure he'd be able to get a little bit better of a flex piece than J.D. McKissick. Yeah, that's... Well, like, yeah, it's, it's trading him's totally whatever. It's yeah, it's whatever. But the the return was a little weak, in my opinion. But then again, in my deal, when I had to trade with Randy because Logan Thomas is hurt, and I really don't have much of an option at tight end, um, uh, we swapped fifth rounders for the next two years, and I gave away a twenty twenty two third for Max Williams. So if you think about it that way. J.D. McKissick and James Washington pretty much equal, somewhat equal value. McKissick's better. Um, but Little Slads got Tom Brady for a third. I got Max Williams for a third. Yes, I paid a, yes, I paid a premium because I have Kyler and because I'm very tight and thin right now. But that that's where we're at with like the value in terms of those. What did you feel about the Max Williams deal, guys? Well, first of all, Ryan just said he would have traded you Kasicki. Okay, but <laughs> that doesn't help you now. <laughs> hindsight's <laughs> hindsight's twenty twenty. In I'm interested. <laughs> oh, I'll give you Max Williams for a third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But what did you feel about that trade, Logan? Well, Ryan's commenting right now, bitch. So, yeah, I mean, 
we'll have to see if the stack actually works or not for you, Justin. Uh, with those two Cardinals, it'll be really interesting to see. Obviously, the, the, he spreads the ball around a lot. I did see that Kyler was on pace for 5,400 passing yards. Did you see that? Yeah, um, I'm excited to get as many weapons as I can with him right now. I, that does not mean I'm trying to get all of them. I'm just having having Christian Kirk and Max Williams and maybe some other smaller ones never hurts. Um, because your audio quality is fantastic, I have no idea what Ryan was saying. So <laughs> I really hope that's recorded on the podcast. He's talking and you're like, so what do you think about that trade, Logan, as Ryan's mid-conversation? Can't hear it. So sorry, Ryan. Um, what did Ryan say? Uh, well, he was talking about Gasicki and how he would make a trade of him to you. Uh, and then what, what were the comments? You want to come over and, and say it one more time? Make sure that audio Oh, uh, Justin, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> Those are my comments. Just kidding. Um, no, I just just saying Max Williams, you know, I honestly, I didn't think it was that bad of a, a trade. Um, I know you gave up a little bit of a premium. Could see where the stack goes. I mean, Arizona's rolling pretty heavy with a nice offense. Um, a lot of mouths to feed. But honestly, their running backs are pretty, I mean, they're non-existent at the moment. So it's either Kyler running or he's slinging the ball to AJ or Hops or, you know. We haven't really seen Rondell Moore. He's been kind of up and down, but you never know. So I, I, you know, I'm not a huge, I didn't, you know, I wasn't too like, oh my gosh, that's a terrible trade. But again, Gilsicki is, is available. If you want him, we'll talk offline. Send me a deal while we talk. <laughs> so, uh, we had a couple waivers that came in as well this week. Um, I, w- looking at my tight end, very, very heavily needed team, um, I put in $23 for Ricky Seals-Jones, Logan Thomas's backup, and outbid myself by $23. <laughs> so that was fun. At least you um, up the tight end, though. I did. I did handcuff a tight end, and I gave Ryan shit for that last year, so I handcuffed myself. <laughs> at least Damn, in my case, is elite. At least in my case, the guy I handcuffed is hurt. Ryan's guy was not. So, sorry, Ryan. Uh, and then I put in a couple bucks for John Ross uh, to back to replace Chris Conley on my team, because Chris Conley has not gotten anything. Points wise, I think you made a move as well. Yeah, I picked up Devin Duvernay, who Andy dropped, I believe, from her IR, and that was coming off of a pretty good game. Uh, not saying like that one game is going to determine his dynasty outlook, but it's worth a try with uh, with Baltimore there. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So let's move on to. Our weekly cookies with an introduction from the monster. Cookie! Um, nom, 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 oh, nom, 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 nom. All right, 
what do you got for us this weekend, Justin? So for cookies, uh, a better week this week overall. Um, total of 355.52 points, like I already mentioned. Um, bring in the the sad horn for Logan, still cookie-less. Um, but we'll start with Pat Mahomes as the top QB this week for Danny. 41.72 points. Then Stark has the next three cookies. Uh, Saquon Barkley with 29.6 was RB1. He also had RB2 with Austin Eckler, only a .1 behind at 29.5. Tyreek Hill was wide receiver one with 47.6 points. Then Jake had the next two. Debo Samuel had 35.7, and Dawson Knox was tight end one at 20.7. In the flexes, um, Ryan gets an appearance from DJ Moore with 33.4. Uh, Scary Terry McLaurin with her little slats at 30.3. Ryan gets another cookie with Tyler Bass, the Buffalo kicker, with 16. TJ Watt rounds out Sterk's four cookies on the week with 17 and a half points from the line from the D line spot. He is eligible for both, so that's how he was able to eligible for that one this week. And I'm going to completely butcher this name. Foyasad Aluakan. Aluakan. Yeah, Aluakan. Aluakan. For Jake, had 17 from the linebacker spot. Trayvon Diggs, DB1, grabbed by Spaceballs for, I think, like maybe a dollar <laughs> on um, waivers last week uh, for 22 points. And then... Ro- a Bella Dangerous Man, Roquan Smith for Danny with 14 and a half. So we already said Stirk had four cookies this week. Jake had three. Ryan had two. And Danny had two. So it was very heavy on a couple of the teams. For the players, um, Christian McCaffrey is still the only running back with two cookies. Um, now Cooper Cook, Cooper Cup, the breakfast buddy, and Tyreek and Debo Samuel and Scary Terry have two for the receivers. Uh, TJ Watt and Roquan Smith are the only ones that have two for um, the defenders. We look over at the team total. This was the second highest week in cookies. It was still almost 50 points behind week two where all the defenders just went off. Yeah. I I really don't think that's going to be beaten this year, but we'll see. Um, as of right now, Sterk is in the lead for cookies with this week of four. Um, he has nine. D Slabkey has seven. Team Pollock has six. Outdoor Furnishings has five. Backflips for Tua and CISA five sucks have <laughs> has four. Rocky Rococo Restaurante has baseballs, the FFT. Team Little Slads and Team Palmer all have three. Wow, Ryan moves up quickly with those two. Uh, Amelia Clark fan with one. And All Elite Fantasy with the big, fat goose egg. Yeah, I got a question. How do you feel about Randy's team right now? We're four weeks in. He's now two and two. You did get lucky against your team. Do you think Randy should be nervous? I don't know. Um, with eight teams at two and two, I don't think he has to be nervous yet. 
He's had some pretty shitty injury luck, although he got lucky because I had just as bad injury luck this past week, which allowed him to come out with that one. Um, I guess I think all these two and two teams play into his hand because he had a really rough start, but he's not in a bad behind spot right now. If this is still where he's at in like three weeks, then he should be very nervous. Yeah. I guess the other question I have about looking at our teams is do you think it's going to be a while before Stirk loses? I think it might be a little while because Stirk's team right now, as it's currently constructed, is going to be very, very difficult to beat. And he has a lot of options. Oh, no, he doesn't have that many picks in the next couple of years. He, and it makes sense with the, the depth that he currently has on this roster. Uh, I honestly think that he could make a trade from some of his depth and get some picks back and still be just fine. So I, his team is very dominant right now. He did put Mike Williams on the trading block a couple hours ago. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. Curious if he's actually going to sell them or what is he doing? I think I think you're probably going to want to sell high right now because he's in a contract year. And he, Mike Williams has always been a very solid fantasy receiver. But Mike Williams is also not the number five fantasy receiver long term. So I think maybe he's trying to sell high right now. We'll see if someone bites on that offer. Now, I know my team does not have a single cookie. Uh, also, I started because Chris Carson was out. I assumed Travis Homer would be better than my other options, such as David Johnson and Justin Jackson. Those are my only other options to start at running back with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because Tyson Williams was inactive last week, and with all these veterans that they're giving time to, I have no idea if he's even going to see the field. So I put Travis Homer in the starting spot, and he has not even seen one snap, and it's about to hit halftime. Well, because I put all that money down on Carson and Gulag, and I have I Travis Homer, I put in that spot as well. I am not liking that whatsoever. Come on, Seahawks, use Travis Homer. <laughs> Let's take a look at last week's matchups. I will cover week four, and then Justin is going to preview week five. So, if we take a look at week four, let's start with the very first matchup, which was myself versus Spaceballs. I ended up losing this matchup by 10.8. I thought I was going to have a chance with how great Jalen Hurts has been playing, but that is not the case. I moved to 0-4, and Spaceballs moved to 2-2. Two and two. Taking a look at some of these players... Jalen Hurts had 32.1. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 19.4. And then, like I said, Tyson Williams was inactive, of course. Darnell Mooney had 19.5 because uh, Matt Nagy gave up the play calling for once. <laughs> Noah Fan had 16.6. AJ Green had 17.7. I had 13.5 from Derwin James. And those are my highlights. <laughs> Derwin James came really close to your first cookie. He was like a half point off. Telling me there's a chance. 
<laughs> on the baseball side, he had Daniel Jones with 30.7. Zeke had 20.3, and Najee Harris had 21.1. Did you know that Najee Harris leads all running backs and targets by five? I did not know that at all. Wow. Well, I guess King, Big Ben is the king of the checkdown right now. Yeah, because he can't throw. He's washed. Uh, and when he was coming out of college, I know they were talking about how Najee Harris was not the best pass catcher. That wasn't really his focus. He was more like a bruiser, kind of like a Derrick Henry. Well, that couldn't be more inaccurate. Then we also had Tyler Boyd for Space Walls with 20.8, 13.1 with Emmanuel Sanders, 13 from Justin Tucker, and 22 from Trayvon Diggs. So again, Space Balls went to 2 and 2 and me 0 and 4. Second matchup is between Andy and Prince Palmer. And Prince Palmer won this matchup 129.6 to 177.74. So he won by about 48 points. This moved both Andy and Prince Palmer to two and two. On Andy's side, he she had a uh, twenty-three from Matt Stafford. She had uh, twenty point four from Justin Jefferson. She started Robbie Gold, who was out at kicker. She had twelve and a half from Harold Landry, and then that's it. On Ryan's side, he had Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold um, was only got hurt in warmups, so he was still on the active roster, which is why they had a punter do the kicking. Oh, nice. On Prince Palmer's side, he started Sam Darnold with 35.5. He had 17.9 from Chase Edmonds. Uh, he had 18.6 from Kenny Galladay, 33.4 from DJ Moore, so that was just a crazy stack with Darnold and Moore. 16 from Tyler Bast, Bass, and that's it. The third matchup was between Justin and Amelia Clark Fan. And this matchup was very low scoring. Winning the matchup 139.66 to 130.6. So around a nine-point difference. Justin had Kyler Murray with 26.6. Jonathan Taylor with 20.4. And then Daryl Henderson, Darnell Anderson with 16.6. He also had Amari Cooper with 15.9, and then a zero from Logan Thomas, and a 1.5 from Christian Kirk. How do you feel about those flexes? Well, Logan Thomas. That was, that was a yikes. Uh, Logan Thomas got hurt on one of the very first plays of the game. Never got a catch. Matt Milano, my IDP flex, got hurt really early on in the game. Only gave me one point. So, Randy had really bad injury luck going into the game. I had it during the game. On Randy's side, he had Russell Wilson with 26.5. He also had Mike Evans had 14.5, and Dallas Goddard at 16.6. Nothing really of note, except for IDP, he had Joey Bosa with 11, and Darius Leonard with 12. So, Randy moved to 2-2, two and two. Justin also 2-2. Two and two. Next matchup was between Cascade Bear and WGL 1035. Cascade Bear won the match of 195.5 to 139.1. That is about a 46-point difference. On Cascade's side, he had Gibson had 15 and a half. Uh, he had 24 from Deontay Johnson and 20.7 from Dawson Knox. 
He had 35.7 from Debo Samuel, 11.5 from Shaq Barrett, and 17 from Foyasada Luikon. On Will's side, a really bad game from Tom Brady, 11 points. He had 20.6 from James Robinson and 22.6 in David, David Montgomery's swan song. 16.5 from DK Metcalf. 11.5 from his IEP, Logan Wilson. So Will moved to 2-2, two and two, and then Cascade Bear moved to 2-2 two and two as well. Seems like it's a common theme. The next matchup, we had space, or we had uh, Little Slads versus Sturk Daddy, and Sturk Daddy won the matchup 233.3, yes, 233.3, to 151.7. So Sturk Daddy won by about 82 points. Jesus. On Little Slads side, he had Derrick Henry with 25.7. He had 30.3 from McLaurin and 19 from Jared Cook. That's really it for the big-time scores. On Sturk Daddy's side, he had 25 from Josh Allen, 29.5 from Austin Eckler, uh, 47.6 from Tyreek Hill, 14.8 from Robert, Robert Wood, 16 from Waller, 29.6 from Saquon, 17.5 from TJ Watt, 17 from Quandre Diggs. Just an insane score for Sturk Daddy, who is now 4-0 and Little Slads is 2-2. Two the last matchup, we had Lefty versus D. Sladke, and D. Sladke won 186.7 to 144.2. So it was about a 42-point victory for D. Slads. D. Slads had 41.7 from Mahomes, 20.6 from James Conner, 18.4 from Diggs, 18.5 from Renfro, and 19.2 from Devontae Smith, 15 from Matt Prater, 14 and a half from Roquan Smith, a Bella Dangerous man. On the other side, we had Lefty having 28.1 from Aaron Rodgers, 16.6 from Kareem Hunt, and 20.9 from Kenneth Gainwell, who looks actually really, really good. So Tyler's probably very happy that he picked him. He also had Will Fuller, who had 1.6, and now he's going to be out for some time. He's back on the IR. I feel like he can never be healthy. He also had 11.5 from Daniil Hunter and 10 from Javon Hargrave. This matchup moved D Slaggy to 3 and 1 and Lefty to 1 and 3. So if we look at the standings going into week 5, being in the playoffs would be in chronological order. The 1 seed is Sturk Daddy, 2 is D Slaggy, 3 would be Cascade Bear, 4 would be Will, 5 would be Andy, and 6 would be Prince Palmer. Out of the playoffs right now would be Justin, Randy, Spaceballs, Little Slads, Lefty, and Bucks and Six. Let's move on to week five where Justin is going to take a look at all of the matchups. All right. Starting in week five, I'm already off to a pretty bad start. My IDPs and Darnell Anderson haven't gotten that great of a, a first half so far, but uh, Jake is projected to beat me by about 10 points, 175 to 165. I'm starting Kyler and Jonathan Taylor. General Anderson did not have a good first half. Uh, Devontae Adams and Amari Cooper. We'll see if I can stick with uh, Max in this spot or if I stick go over to Cameron Brait on Gronk flex spot since he's out. Um, then in my flexes, I really hope 
Christian Kirk has a good game this week. Um, and then, of course, cooking up some double digits in Brandon Cooks. For Jake, he has Bricks at QB, Gazebo and Giant Sombrero and Shades, which are pretty darn good running backs. Please Be Healthy is having a great year and coming off of a week with cookies. Air Conditioning Unit has also been pretty solid. Bamboo Furniture, we'll have to see if he can get back to his tight end one status from last week. Flower Beds and Koi Fish Pond round out his flexes to give him a pretty solid lineup coming into this week. So if that held, Jake would move to 3-2 and two and I would move to 2-3 and three and I'd be a three-game losing streak, which is a yikes. Alright, moving on to All Elite Fantasy versus the last backflip. The 11 versus 12 matchup in our league. Woo! Alright, uh, All Elite Fantasy has John Moxley starting at QB. Kenny Omega at running back. Um, we already ca- talked about Travis Homer or Don, Don Callis, otherwise known as the piece of shit. That's um, currently a fat zero. Ray Phoenix and Darby Allen are at the wide receivers. MJF at tight end. Naheem, Nick Westbrook, Ikean. Wow, that's boring. He doesn't have a nickname. Um, starting as the other flex. Um, and Chris Jericho, love that guy, as the other flex for the Cardinals against the 49ers. Uh, for lefty, he has Salto at QB, uh, double back and back triple full at the running back spots. Flyaway Twist as a star receiver, along with Flyaway. Uh, Jay Step at tight end. And then Gainer and Brandon Bolden in the flex spots. He's going to have to fix that. Brandon Bolden needs a nickname as well. All right. If this would hold, Lefty would also move two and three, and All Elite Fantasy would go to 0 and 5. Going on to the next matchup, it is Andy versus D Sladkey. Andy's projected to lose this matchup and move down to two and three. Well, D. Sladkey would move all the way up to second place on his own at 4-1. and one. Um, D. Sladkey's currently projected to only win by 8, so we'll see if that holds. Uh, for Andy, she's starting Matt Stafford, who did not have a good first half whatsoever. Um, Leonard Fournette and DeAndre Swift at the running back spots. Feels pretty good about those. Breakfast Buddy, uh, two girls, one cup. Not having a good performance this week. I'm pretty sure he was like the number two, fan, number one fantasy receiver. Not have, not yep. putting up the number this week. Uh, Tyler Lockett he, also. I, I gotta step in. It's crazy how he's still number one, even with a forty what forty eight point game from Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill has had two forty point games, but the oh, other two games are not great. <laughs> um, yeah, it is crazy. Tyler Lockett is also a top 10 receiver and not putting up great numbers for the first half. Um, Evan Ingram is starting a tight end. Then she has DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Justin Jefferson, rookie of the year, in her flex spots. For Danny's team, he has Pat Mahomes at QB, James Conner and Mike Davis in the running back spots, Stephon Diggs and Hunter Renfro in wide receiver. Travis Kels with the Mahomes stack at tight end. And then the rookie, Devontae Smith, and Daryl Williams, who gets to start this week in Chicago and flex spots. Is that Daryl Williams or Damian Williams? 
Damian. Playoff Damian. Damian Williams. All right. Um, then for the next matchup, it is Team Little Slads versus Team Prince Palmer. Um, if this projection would hold, Team Prince Palmer would move to three and two with a twelve-point victory over Team Little Slads, which would move to two and three. Little Slads is starting the brand new QB, the forty-seven and a half-year-old Tom Brady, um, that he that he received for just a third-round pick. Uh, get out the way is at running back along with Josh Jacobs, Scary Terry, and Cortland Sutton are his receivers. Jared Cook at tight end. Stop taking my TDs something. Um, and Juju are his flexes. For Prince Palmer, he has Sam Darnold, round one, 2018, third overall at QB. At running back, he has 2017, round three, 67th overall, and 2018, round four, an unknown number at running back. Um, his wide receiver is undrafted and unvaccinated. <laughs> wide receiver also, he is Jamar Chase. Tight end, Kyle Pitt. <laughs> um, in his flex spots, he has 2017 round three, 96th, and 2018 round one, 24th. If this held, Ryan moved to three and two, Little Slads, two and three. Uh then we move on to Sturt Daddy and Spaceballs. If this projection held, we were talking about before, we're not sure when Sturt Daddy loses next. Sturt would be 5-0. Spaceballs would be 2-3 with a 25-point victory. Sturt Daddy would hit 200-point mark again if this projection held. Um, for Spaceballs, he's starting Major Asshole at QB. Lone Star and King Roland at running backs. Both did pretty well for him last year. Last week, sorry. Uh, the Space Special and Spaceball Trooper in the wide receiver spots, which Spaceball Trooper is in a good matchup if Jair's not playing with the Packers this year. Um, tight end is Yogurt. And then the flexes are Colonel Sanders and Eagle 5. Next one we have for Sturk, we have the Bill Wrangler at QB, the X Factory and Saquon at running back. Tyreek and Destroy and the Cabin in the Woods, who had a pretty good first half and receiver spot. I barely know her at tight end. Mike Williams, newly on the trade block, and big YZ fan at the flex spots for Sterk. He currently has a couple questionables in there. Maybe that's this week, but I don't see it happening this week, which would move Sterk to 5-0 and and a bigger lead over all of us. We go into the next and final matchup is Amelia Clark fan versus WGL 1035, otherwise known as Rockies and two airplane emojis. Um, if this. What? Send Rockies stock to the moon. Oh, got it. So if this projection, how, which is currently has Will beating Randy by about eight points. Will would move to three and two, and Randy is two and three. Then I think Randy might start getting a little worried. Randy this week is starting Russell Wilson at QB, who's not ha- did not have that great of a first half. Um, he has Miles Sanders and Nick Chubb in the running back spots. AJ Brown looks like he's ready to be back this week, along with Mike Evans in the receiver spots. 
Dalton Schultz as the tight end, Dalvin Cook, and Odell Beckham in his flexes. For Will, he has garlic chicken fettuccine at the QB, extra cheesy superoni, and french fries with nacho cheese at running backs. Seven topping rock father and meatworks are his receiver. Meatworks has had a pretty solid after, uh, evening so far with a tight end or a touchdown catch already. Italian sausage motherload is the top tight end in fantasy. Nope, number five now. Uh, he was going into last week. Onion rings, ranch in something, and chicken tenders are his flexes. Like I said, if that held, Will would be three and two, and Randy would be two and three. No matter what, coming into next week, there's going to be a lot of teams that are three and two and two and three, with eight teams in our league currently at the two and two wrecks. Anything else to think about before we wrap this up? I just think it's interesting that we have eight teams at two and two. Um, I'm curious, like, what the log jam is going to look like halfway through the year. So in three weeks, when it gets to week seven, do you think it's going to look kind of the same where we have a lot of teams in the middle? Or do you think a couple are going to emerge and some are going to fall back? Well, as of right now, Sterk has clearly emerged at the top. You have clearly emerged at the bottom through trading and what you want to do. Lefty, it seems that he's headed towards the bottom as well, though he is projected to get the victory against you right now. Yeah. But I still feel be a big logjam in the middle for most of this season, just the way it started and the way a lot of our teams are um, similar points-wise. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I've kind of come to the point where I'm like, I don't think I'm going to win more than two games this year. Like, because our top teams are so good, and I don't have mm-hmm. even. I mean, like, I got a. I guess you could say I got a couple more depth pieces, but I have no top tier people anymore that are healthy. A lot of them are just on my IR. So, gonna have to ride with the punches. But, good thing I have seven first round picks. Yeah, you'll be set for the next two years to get all those rookies and do the team Pollock method. If it cashes in. Yeah. And you very well might. Well, do you have any last thoughts? CISA 5 sucks. Do you want to explain to the people the story? (laughs) I can, yeah. So, being a new teacher, um, I was scheduled by my principal to go to Portage, which is a half-hour drive for me, and go to this new teaching conference. There's going to be a couple of them throughout the school. And it was completely scheduled for me. I had to do absolutely nothing but show up and take some notes and meet some people. Well, uh, yesterday morning came around. So Wednesday morning, drove to Portage, got there at nine o'clock, showed up and no one was there. I walked in and the secretary and I asked, where is the new teacher conference? And she looked at me like I was on Mars. And I'm like, this does not look good. So um, she, I showed her the email that I got, and she showed me that it was canceled. But their email system never sent anything out. I never heard word from anyone. The school never heard word from anyone that it was canceled. They canceled it because I was the only teacher scheduled for the conference. Um, <laughs> other schools must have never heard of it or scheduled people for it. I have no idea. Um 
So they gave me a new schedule. And because it wasn't a vacation day or a sick day or anything, I had to call the school and tell them that this conference that they paid for me to attend was not there. What was I supposed to do? Um, I would have loved to have just taken the rest of the day off. But if they would have found out, I probably could have gotten in a lot of trouble. So I decided to be responsible, told the school. They called me back 10 minutes later and said, well, can you come in for a half day? I'm like, I, I guess, sure. Um, so I had to drive all the way back home to Madison, 35-minute drive, then stayed home for 45 minutes and then turned around and had another 35-minute drive to work, uh, did a half day of work, had an hour staff meeting after work, and then got home at 5.30 and was ready to drink a lot of beer. So, yes. <laughs> Pizza five sucks. <laughs> fire them. What'd you say? I said you have to fire them. <laughs> Might have to. We'll see. Ryan, do you have any last thoughts? Accept my trade. Ryan says accept my trade. Uh-oh. I'm going to... I'm going to counter that. All right. So you guys can negotiate this trade. That's what we got for this episode of For the Throne Dynasty podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.